Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. And now we'll go straight to our main message. When adversity comes, it reveals whether our soul is exhausted. And if our soul is exhausted, that means our strength is small. Because our small soul didn't have the capacity to have much strength. Now, Proverbs 10.14 says, store up knowledge. Store up knowledge means accumulate categories so that they become your frame of reference. And then in Proverbs 24.5, knowledge is what increases strength. That is, knowing God intimately through categories increases strength. And wisdom is the Holy Spirit's power appropriating it. Now, in 1 Peter 1.13, it talks about girding up the loins of the mind. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, girding up the loins of the mind, everyone knows the mind doesn't have loins. So what it's saying is, prepare your mind. It's an aorist middle participle. Prepare your mind for action. Prepare your mind to understand things in your experience. Prepare your mind for the plan that will happen to you and be unfolded. In other words, the word mind is a genitive singular. It's dia noia. Dia noia. Dia means through. No, eo means thoughts. So, prepare your mind with thoughts so you can think a subject through. Let's try that again. Dia no eo. Prepare your mind so you can think a subject through to the end with your thoughts. Oh, that's beautiful. This is called the dynamics of thinking. The dynamics of thinking which result into the dynamics of living. A person that does this has strength. He understands the things he can't change so he doesn't think about them. Not at all. He doesn't think about his mistakes or his failures, or things that have happened to him that he can't change. He just knows that that's wasted energy. And why waste God's energy? Why not store it up? Why not get new strength? So now, a sound mind produces a dynamic experience in life. First, we enter into the dynamics of thinking. And then we enter into the dynamics of living. And that's called the abundant life forest. Now you think with me for just a moment. When a believer has information enough to think every subject through, that believer will be so objective, he will be a wise man. A wise son increases his learning, Proverbs 1.5. It means if the various subject comes up of the military you know what the Bible says about it you're not sentimental you think it through if war comes up you think it through if the subject of crime comes up you think it through 
You don't become influenced by what everybody else thinks. You think it through with God. Dia no et al. You're able to have enough in your soul, knowledge with wisdom, so you think it through to its end. Meaning a mature understanding of the subject that has been thought out with God. That's a very wise person. This is a person who in 2 Timothy 1.7 has a sound mind. This is a person that lets Christ's mind become his thoughts. Philippians 2.5 He will settle for nothing less than the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 And the mind of Christ is simply categorical doctrine resident in the soul. Now, in 1 Peter 1, the Word of God says this. Be sober. Be sober doesn't mean be sober. Unfortunately, people have misunderstood 1 Peter 3 and 1 Peter 1 when it ta- and 1 Peter 5, 7 when it talks about be sober. It doesn't mean have a frown on your face. It doesn't mean never to smile because a cheerful countenance doeth good like medicine. What does be sober mean? It's a present active participle of nafal, N-A-P-H-L. It means freedom from bad thoughts in the mind. Freedom from negativity in the mind. So be sober means just the opposite of what you think sober means. Napho. It means I'm free of anything in my mind that would take away mental dynamics. I'm free of mental attitude sins. I'm free of resentment. I'm free of self-condemnation. I'm free of bitterness. I'm free of lust. I'm sober. And all it means is I'm free of the production of the old sin nature influencing my mind. Now, the present active participle means I can, present tense, I'm continually free. And the active voice is I produce the action of choosing to be free. And the participle says this is a principle that you can live in in your mind. It's not bad at all. So you live with soundness in mind and confidence and boldness and assurance. Now, the next verse says, next part, and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you. Hope to the end. This is an aorist active imperative of Alpizzo for hope. That means that we continually in the present tense produce the action of honoring an imperative mood. Remember, the imperative mood means a command. So, we continually produce the action of having confidence to the end. Or, we have a tremendous expectation for the future. Remember, the psalmist said, our expectation is from thee only, God. Psalm 62.5 So God performs this. We don't waste our energy on things we cannot change. Now, God brings in with his word 
a sound mind so we're free from mental attitude sins. And how can anyone love the Lord thy God with all their heart if there's anything else in their mind? They can't. So you can't love the Lord thy God with all your heart when you've got other mental attitudes about people in yourself that inhibit your capacity to do so. A person loves their wife, but if they're living in, with a troubled mind, they can't love their wife. They may say they love their wife, but if they have mental attitudes that are off, they can't love their wife. See, that's why you get rid of all resentment, all bitterness. That's why you have all of that cleansed and purged. If you don't, you can't love God with all your heart. And you can't have hope. You can't look forward with expectation. So it's very vital for us. It's extremely important. It's necessary. It's imperative that we have a sound mind. And we can think dynamically and experience dynamic living. The abundant life. Now you think with me for a moment. If I have resentment this morning, it'll affect my love for my wife even though she's not even involved. If I'm worrying about something, it'll affect my message. If I'm under bondage to something in my mind, it's going to tremendously affect my relationship with God. And I can't love the Lord thy God with all my heart, soul, and strength and love my neighbor as myself. Why? I don't have a capacity. Can't do it, ever. But... If I, here's our theme, if I humble myself before God and think in grace, taipinos prosuni, if I think in grace and receive something I don't deserve and think in grace, that grace, something I don't deserve, will build me up and give me an inheritance and edify my conscience, mentality, emotion, self-consciousness, and will. So now... The next part is the most fantastic, fascinating part for the keen believer. It's the most amazing, shocking, astonishing thing. The next few words. This, this isn't just the second advent of Christ. The Greek brings it out. It, it can relate to that, but it's, it's right now. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end. Now, for the grace that is brought unto you, present passive of Pharaoh. You continually receive the grace, present passive. Now, how's grace brought in? I commend you to the what? Word of his grace, which is able to build you up. It's the only thing that can build you up. You can be counseled by 25 pastors and cry and want to kill yourself you can do all of that and be dumb and stupid. Or you can let the Word of God bring in grace. Now, which, is, <laughs> which will it be? This is saying here that the Word of God brings in grace any time you hear it from the right pulpit. And you, with a passive voice, just receive grace, something you didn't earn and don't deserve, but you receive it. Now, isn't that hard? You owe me $500, and I say, honey, don't pay me. I give it to you. 
boy, isn't that hard to receive the slip paid in full? Wouldn't that make you worry? Wouldn't that make you lose sleep and condemn yourself? Come on. Come on. You've committed something that the judicial branch should have to put you to jail for. Instead of doing it, they say, you're free. Let's try this one. All of your sins and my sins were placed on Jesus Christ. And just in case you don't know this, past, present, and future. Just in case you go to a first grade college and school that don't teach the Bible properly. Jesus Christ redeemed us from all of our iniquities. All, 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 all. Jesus Christ died for all of our sins. I'm just reporting on what you know. All we like sheep have gone astray, and everyone turned to his own way. And God laid upon him the iniquity of us. You say it. What are you trying to tell me? That he died for all of your sins? Yes. He paid for how many of your sins? Now what, is he, what does he want you to do? Receive grace to enjoy forgiveness. The word of grace brings in the grace. No wonder I have confidence to the end. I keep on receiving something I don't deserve. Or what if I fail? I name it, confess it, and forsake it. If it's seven times a day. Proverbs 24:16. How can I do that? Because I have access into the grace wherein I stand. Romans 5.2 How do I come to the throne of grace? With boldness, confidence, and expectation. Hebrews 4.16 Now anyone's got to be really proud not to enjoy that. Proud and stupid. And you're not that way. Now, grace brings in the word and light comes in the soul. And when thou hast found it, there is a reward. What is it? expectation that shall not be cut off. You know, every so many good things are cut off. This one will not be. Because it's in grace. That's why it can't be cut off. It's sealed in grace. Now, I want to be just as simple friends, loved ones as I can be. It says, listen, I want to tell you about myself, Jesus says, and I'm going to do it through the Bible. And I'll give you pastor teachers now. Get under one that knows the book and understands its grace. And he can communicate it. Now, as you receive the Word of God, it'll build you up. And I will perform through grace what I've required you to do. And I hasten to perform my Word. And faithful am I that call you, I'll do it. Now, that grace comes in through the Word. It builds you up. It becomes strength to your soul. And it gives you a great reward and a tremendous expectation. So you have that option. If you take that option, you will have a sound mind. You'll have dynamic thinking and dynamic living. If you do not take that option, you have an alternative. All right, well, here's the alternative. 
Are you ready for the alternative? If you do not receive grace through the word of God, God says, because you're free volitional, I give you an alternative. You may, if you want to, fashion your thinking in your former lust patterns, if that's what you want. But in order for you to do that, you have to choose to do it. You have to make a decision that you want to think in your former lust patterns, knowing that grace has paid it all. The former lust patterns, the old ones that you've had all of your life, sensual, materialistic, approbational lust, wanting to be praised up all the time, power lust, wanting authority, pride, the motivation of self-will, jealousy, the most powerful thing in man. Now, if you want to go back to those six lust patterns, go ahead. But if you don't want to, I've given you a way out through grace and through the local church and through a pastor teacher and through categorical doctrine with the filling of the Spirit to convert the Word into experience. Now, don't you like that a lot better? Huh? Now, notice this. As obedient children, not accepting the alternative, to go back into your former lusts, present middle participle, sucre matizo, means not to form in your mind your old habits. Not to let your old habits come back. And don't participate in the action of their principles. That's what this means. And it uses the word in your ignorance, in your agnoia, in the fact that in those days, you excluded grace and you excluded God's thinking. That's ignorance. When I exclude God's thinking and I exclude grace, that's ignorance. When I live outside of my provision, that's ignorance. That's choosing ignorance. So don't go back in any one of the six lust patterns that you used to be in. If you do, you're excluding grace and you're excluding your provision from God in how to think. But the 15th verse says, but, be, but he who has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Now, kata is the word for according, and it's God who called you is a holy one, the accusative singular. The Father refers now to the Father and his character. And he wants to give you his provision for his standards. That's what this verse says. I want to make it as simple for you as I can. He wants to give us his standard of how to think, but he wants to give us a provision of grace to experience it so we won't get discouraged and give up. And he wants us to know that we're standing in grace as we learn the process of how to think. So if you fail seven times a day, name it and get up. Don't quit. He's willing to go along with us for a process of development in grace because he loves us. So, God has a standard or a viewpoint or an attitude that he wants us to think in. But he knows that we have sin natures, so he will give us patience, grace, and recovery to enjoy his standard of thinking. That's according to his standards and his norms for thinking. Now, isn't that simple? In other words, he doesn't put me on a do-or-die campaign. He gives me recovery. 
He'll keep forgiving me, but he'll keep strengthening me with inner strength. So I sin less, dash less, even though I'm not sinless. Isn't it beautiful? If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. The Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Good News. In Mark 16:15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the Gospel to every creature. The Good News that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, that he was born, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on a cross at Calvary to pay for our sins, that he was buried, that he was resurrected from the grave on the third day. This is amazingly good news. In Romans 1.9 it says, For God is my witness whom I serve in my spirit in the gospel of his Son. That all of this Christian life is rooted in this wonderful news of the person of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes in Romans 1.16. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, bring glad tidings of good things. It's an interesting parallel. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, start in verse 7. And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. The message we preach is very distinct. It's like a trumpet. The gospel of grace, our ears get fine-tuned to it. It's not just the preaching of the Bible. It's grace. It's grace and mercy. But to hear grace preaching, it produces something in our lives. Then we move into 1 Corinthians 15. And many of the references in the New Testament to the trumpet are talking about the rapture. There's, there's this sound of the trumpet. It says in 1 Corinthians 15:52, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruptible, and this mortal must put on immortality. So there's a transformation that happens at the sound of the trumpet, much like there's a transformation at the sound of the gospel of grace. The gospel of grace transforms us when we hear it and receive it, when we realize the goodness of God, when we realize that his will is toward us, that he's for us, that he loves us, that he is good news for us, that while we were yet sinners, he loved us, died for us, came after us, wants to speak to us, speak to us good things, kind things, gracious words. It's transforming. The grace of God teaches us. The grace of God transforms us. It's also speaking about relocation here, isn't it? <laughs> that the, tri- the sound of the trumpet will be taken away. In Revelation 4.1, 
After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Come up hither. The gospel of of grace changes my direction. It takes me from a passive place into a movement. There's always a go in the gospel. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go, move. Now we we go to a church, whereas we may not have before. Maybe we did for religion's sake. Now we go to hear gracious words because they feed us. They're like food to us. Illumination. Come up hither and I will show thee things. Revealed, hidden in the word of God are amazing things that we need for our life. When the gospel is preached, it shows us things. But it shows us things about ourselves. It shows us things about the person of God, about his character, about his nature. It shows us things about others. It shows us things about what our purpose in life is. It's amazing the illumination that comes when the gospel is preached. Trumpet also speaks of celebration, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Celebration. Parades, they sound the trumpet in that moment, in the twinkling of an eye, when we're transformed, when our corruptible puts on incorruptible. And we'll be there in his presence for the very first time. And we will be like him. In that moment, there will be an ultimate sanctification where we are transformed and glorified. And we'll see him in his glorified state. And there will be incredible celebration when our eyes meet his eyes. When we look side to side at one another and see the result of our faith, there will be amazing celebration. That sound, that certain sound, we hear it and it resonates in us like like a tuning fork when note is perfectly tuned on your instrument and it, there's a resonant sound and you know it's the perfect sound. This is the gospel of grace. This is the grace of God. It chimes within us. It sings in us and produces incredible joy. Frees us from bondage. Opens our hearts. Opens our minds to receive the truth. To receive the mind of God. We let this mind to be in us. Why? Because God is gracious. He's a gracious God. Full of truth. And that grace gives us a capacity to receive truth. Even if it's a hard saying... <laughs> We can receive it because it comes from a gracious God. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com Do you know the God of all grace? To you are the scriptures gracious words? Maybe you've never heard them spoken that way before. There's a wealth and treasure of knowledge and experience that God would impart to you. But first, you need to receive him. Part of that is the receiving of the person of Jesus Christ. The good news is that he died, that he was buried, that he rose from the grave, that you really died with him, was buried with him, rose from the grave with him, are seated above in heavenly places with him. And this is how we get to heaven. This is how... We have entrance into that holy place, not because of our performance, but because of what Christ has already done on our behalf. Have you ever received that before? God is waiting to be gracious to you, but he's waiting until you accept what he's done on your behalf and receive it as your own, as a free gift that could never be earned. 
once you receive that gift, and it could happen in a prayer, it could happen in a moment of believing, but to say in your heart, Lord, I believe you are gracious and that you love me. Come into my life. Save me, transform me, change me. If you say that prayer, if you've said it before then and meant it in your heart then, you've been a child of God. If this is the first time you've said it then, something miraculous just happened in your life. There is a transformation that takes place that cannot be easily defined and also a change of your destiny, a change in your eternal destination. Amen.